turning your Bibles this morning, if you would, to the book of Luke chapter 12 within God's Word this morning. Luke chapter 12 in God's Word. Amen. Immediately after this service this morning, again, we'll go down the center aisle or out the closest aisle, and immediately after this service this morning, we will be going to the youth center, and they're anointed with oil, and pray over it. Whether you're at the homecoming or not, join us for that special time. Amen. Aren't you glad? How many, how many enjoy the state of Michigan? How many are, are appreciative of being a Michigander? How many believe this is God's country? I do. I do. Man, we're blessed. No earthquakes, no hurricanes. Uh, we are blessed. Next time you complain, uh, think about those disasters. And I never worried too much about hurricane disasters until Hurricane Irma. Most powerful Atlantic storm in history. Irma came after Harvey devastated Houston and resulted in the largest evacuation in Florida state history with millions evacuating. In fact, not just Florida history, in the history of the United States, it was the greatest evacuation ever. And my concern with it, my parents and my sister and her family were a part of that evacuation. As many of you have been watching the news on the heels of Irma, uh, Hurricane Maria uh, is still devastating. The Caribbean, it especially hit Puerto Rico, leaving 10 dead and now threatening the east coast of the United States, even as we speak. Most natural disasters like earthquakes occur without warning. But with hurricanes, it's different. We're given time to plan an evacuation. We're given time to uh, take care of our loved ones. Time to prepare. Many times, two weeks out, the warnings go, a storm is coming. Yet no one would ever need die in a hurricane. The faithful weather forecasters, meteorologists, have been found faithful time and time again in their warning that has saved thousands if not millions. Yet every year with every hurricane countless people suffer tragedy, injury, some even death. Why? They ignored the storm warnings. They ignored the warnings. Jesus in his day here in Luke 12 rebuked people for being able to forecast the weather but fail to see the prophetic storm warnings that were before them. Read with me Luke 12, 54. When you see clouds beginning to form in the west, Jesus said, you say, here comes a shower. And you were right. When the south wind blows, you say, today will be a scorcher. And it is. Hypocrites. Jesus wasn't that much of a people-pleasing pastor or preacher. 
Hypocrites, you interpret the sky well enough, but you refuse to notice the warnings all around you about the crisis ahead. It was no small thing to Jesus that people heeded the weather forecast, heeded weather predictions, but ignored Bible prophecy. Neglected Bible prophecy. What did he call them? Those who ignored Bible prophecy. What did he call them? What was the one word? Hypocrites. Hypocrites. The last several weeks, I have led you as a church in a series, a message series, called We Believe. We have presented to you the core beliefs of our church, of our faith. I've preached on the Bible being the Word of God, infallible, inerrant, inspired, authoritative, immutable, and indestructible. I've preached on divine healing. I've preached on the deity of Jesus Christ. Last week, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, core beliefs that we count as distinctives in the assemblies of God. This morning, I conclude with a countdown to eternity. A Bible prophecy presentation. This is more of a teaching, more of a presentation type of a message. You see, 27% of the Bible, almost a third, is prophetic. It's future-oriented. Two-thirds of Bible prophecy has yet to come to pass. And most of these prophecies consist of storm warnings. Storm warnings. There's a big one coming. Signs forecasting the most horrific storm of all time. Not a hurricane sweeping in from the Atlantic, but a storm from the pit of hell itself. A storm I'll reveal this morning. But I want you to know there's good news. God's got a plan. A rescue plan. For you and I. This morning I share the word that I've entitled, We Shall Behold Him. We Shall Behold Him. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, grant us ears to hear what your Holy Spirit is saying in this hour. In the name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen and amen. A midnight generation. This is the first event I would point to in a countdown to eternity. Jesus prophesied that a final generation, a last day's generation, would experience signs indicating that they were a terminal, a last day's or midnight generation. Jesus said in Matthew 24, Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know the summer is near. Even so, when you see all these things, you know that it is near right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. I'm convinced that we're the generation that Jesus and the prophets were talking about. Consider with me, if you would, the prophecies that have been or are being fulfilled in our lifetime, our generation, no other generation since Jesus Christ 
has seen these prophecies fulfilled, but ours, like the hour numbers of a clock. I want you to consider these 12 signs making our generation the midnight generation. I will go through these quickly. At the one o'clock hour, we are the generation experiencing unprecedented violence and mass murder. Jesus said that as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be when he returns. The days of Noah, if you will read in Genesis chapter 6, were marked by unprecedented murder, violence, lawlessness around the world. And Jesus said, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall that day be when the Son of Man returns. Two o'clock, two o'clock on God's countdown to eternity. We are the generation witnessing perversion on parade. Last I heard it was L G B T and now I guess there's Q and in fact someone told I think it was Pastor Ryan told me that now there's more than 50 different categories of non-traditional family valued gender orientation, sex orientation. Jesus said as it was in the days of Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, so shall it be when the Son of Man returns. Immorality and perversion on a scale thought impossible. Just a lifetime ago is happening even right now in our lifetime. If we were to resurrect our great-grandparents, they could not bear the nightmarish, moral meltdown, X-rated generation we're having to raise our children and grandchildren in. Listen, I have an answer for those living in the hell of immorality and perversion. There is one that satisfies. There is one who will give you peace and real joy. Because that's what you're looking for. You're looking for satisfaction. He's the Prince of Peace uh, for your tormented mind. Uh, he's the strength for your weary body and spirit. He's a light to those in darkness. Uh, try Him. Love Him. Serve Him. And you'll discover that He never fails. He is the answer, the only answer to our world today. And his name is Jesus. Only Jesus will satisfy your soul. Three o'clock on God's calendar for planet Earth time clock for this generation. We are the generation witnessing the incredible advancement in transportation. The prophet Daniel prophesied the Lord gave this to him, but Daniel, keep this prophecy a secret. Seal it up so that it will not be understood until the end times. When travel or transportation shall be vastly increased. Think of it in my grandfather's lifetime. We went from the speed of the horse and buggy 
to traveling 12 times faster than the speed of a 22 caliber bullet as our astronauts rocketed to the moon. Pictured here in this image on the screen is NASA's latest Orion rocket that will take men to Mars. The advancement in one lifetime in transportation lets us know we are a midnight generation fulfilling Daniel chapter 12 verse 4 but there's more in Daniel 12 4 that takes us to the four o'clock point in God's timepiece for planet earth we are the generation witnessing the knowledge explosion Daniel 12 4 again but Daniel keep this prophecy a secret seal it up so it'll not be understood until the end times when travel and what knowledge Knowledge shall be vastly increased. In our lifetime, knowledge has not increased in a linear fashion. Knowledge is advancing in an exponential rate. We cannot keep up with the bombarding of information, the gigabytes of, of information that are coming our way. Experts say, that the sum of human knowledge is now doubling about every 38 days. All that we know or ever know, doubling every 38 days. And in the not too distant future, supercomputers will be so effective, everything, every human in the world could know, will double every 5 to 15 minutes. We are. The generation that Jesus and the prophets were speaking of. A midnight generation. A terminal generation. The five o'clock hour. We are the first generation witnessing the groundwork. And the technology for the prophesied one world government. Our generation is being conditioned. Surely, slowly but surely for a one world government. In your lifetime and my lifetime, consider the rising power of international bodies, the United Nations, the World Court, the World Trade Organization, the International Monetary Fund, the World Bank, the World Health Organization, international trade agreements, NAFTA and GATT. Knowingly or unknowingly, all of these are moving us towards the one goal, world government. One world government. And until our generation, a one world government was technically impossible. It could not have happened in my parents' or my grandparents' generation, but because of the internet, high-speed computers, satellite technology, ours is the first generation that could host a one-world government. But is there the desire? Do the citizens of this world, are they clamoring for a one-world system and government? Just 10 hours ago, just 10 hours ago, in New York City, the Global Citizens Festival, featuring the President of the United Nations, also featuring notaries such as Stevie Wonder, 
Green Day, and Whoopi Goldberg all celebrated global citizenship at the Global Citizens Festival in New York City. Stevie Wonder started the festival by siding, siding with several NFL players that have kneeled during our national anthem before NFL football games, refusing to stand and honor our nation and our flag during the Star Spangled Banner. So to start the festival, Stevie Wonder, if you've watched your news, not only went down to one knee, but went down to both knees and stated, I'm taking a knee for America, both knees. I asked the question, I asked the question for those that slam our national anthem and our flag and our nation. I wonder if they immigrated from the poverty-stricken areas of Africa or Asia, if they'd be down on a knee. I wonder if they were rescued from the Nazis, if they were rescued from the communists, if they were rescued from the Taliban, if they were rescued from ISIS by our military. Would they be going down upon a knee? Where would these be if our men and women in uniform had not stood up for our country and shed their blood for our freedoms. Their blood that those stars and stripes represent on our flag. I submit to you once again, we are a midnight generation. Six o'clock. We are the first generation with a technological feasibility to fulfill Revelation 13 16 through 17, a prophecy known as the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast. We are right on the threshold. I don't need to tell you this. You know this already. We are right on the threshold of the dollar uh, bill, the, the, uh, the cash in your wallet, your purse, becoming antiquated, obsolete. Only 5% of the United States money supply right now is in cash, hard currency. The rest is digitized. There are many, many among us, even here today, you never ever use cash. You use a debit card, you use a credit card, or you even use, right now, there's so many of us, if I can find mine, we, we are purchasing, we're doing everything just by using our cell phone. Walmart is setting it up right now that you'll just pass your cell phone over an item in the store. It'll immediately transfer funds from your checking account. And you don't even have to stop at their uh, uh, cash out. Uh, you can't find a cashier at Walmart anyway. <laughs> Let me tell you, a cashless society will be embraced by our world with, with open arms. You see, the Bible predicted this 2,000 years ago. The Bible predicted that every citizen of the world will be digitized and be given a number, the number of the beast, 666. Without it, you will not be able to buy or sell. We'll all have a number like inmates in one giant prison. We are being conditioned 
to go to a cashless economic system. We moved from our parents' generation using the check to the credit card, to the ATM card, to the debit card. Now we have smart cards. And notice, you no longer swipe. You what? Insert. I want you to understand that that plastic credit card is just a holder. It's meaningless now. It's a holder for the smart chip, the computer chip. A computer chip that can hold fathomless depths of data about you. Academic history, employment history, health history, financial history, and on and on and on. It is just one step away of that chip no longer being embedded in a plastic card, but embedded in you. For the prophecy says that the mark was on or in their hands. The Greek goes both ways. On or in. The chip, the mark, uh, on or in the right hand. On or in the forehead. We are a midnight generation. Seven o'clock on God's timetable for this world. We are the generation witnessing unprecedented famines. Luke chapter 21, 11. There will be great famines in various places. Just think, the worst famines ever recorded in world history have taken place in the last 10 years. The greatest cause behind the ever-increasing Holocaust uh, a famine is what bomb? What bomb? The population time bomb. You can't get away from the math of the population time bomb. Think of it, it took man from the beginning of time until the year A.D. 1850 to reach the first billion in population. It took from 1850 to 1930 to reach the two billion mark. It took from 1930 to 1960 to hit the three billion mark. It took from 1960 to 1975, just 15 years, to reach the four billion mark. It took from 1975 to 1988 to reach the five billion mark. As of June the 30th, 2017, we are now at 7,250,104,514 souls on planet Earth. By the year 2030, China alone, China alone will require all of the world's current exports of grain. In a short, short time, we will reach 8 billion souls on the planet. How will we feed all these people? We won't. In fact, we're nearing the point right now where there will not be enough food to keep the entire planet alive. While I'm speaking this morning in this service, the stats are correct that around the world at least 40,000 people as we preach God's word this morning in this service, we'll starve to death and die due to famine. We are a midnight generation. The eight o'clock hour on God's 
plan for the planet. We are the generation experiencing unprecedented diseases as prophesied in the Bible. Jesus said there will be great famines and pestilence in various places. Do you realize in the last 30 years, in the last 30 years, we have witnessed more than 20 brand new diseases that the world has never ever experienced before for which there is no cure, no vaccine, and no prevention. Yet what is the most lethal, what is the most fatal disease of all? The Bible says the wages of sin is what? Death. It's not just physical death. It is not just spiritual death, but eternal death. This is a disease uh, where there's no man-made cure, uh, and there's only one hope. Do you know that hope? Are you keenly aware of that hope? Uh, what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing, nothing, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes you and I white as snow. What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. If you have a sin sickness here this morning, if you have a, a, a disease called sin for which there is no man-made cure, there's hope for you this morning. The hope is Calvary. The hope is a Savior. And His name is Jesus. Come to Jesus. Find heart health and heart healing through the blood of Jesus. The nine o'clock hour in God's plan for eternity, we are the generation experiencing an accelerated rate of killer quakes. Luke 21, 11, there will be great earthquakes in various places. If you understand Luke 21 and Matthew chapter 24, because you could commonly say there's always been earthquakes. What Jesus teaches that these signs will be like a woman's labor pains. A woman's labor pains exponentially increase in rate, increase in intensity, increase in pain. This is what Jesus was saying, is that we'll see these signs begin to increase exponentially in intensity, in duration, in frequency. The incident of killer quakes, a killer quake is listed at 6.0 on the Richter scale or greater, has accelerated decade by decade in the last 100 years exponentially. In the last month, Mexico has experienced three deadly killer quakes of 6.0 or greater. In the past 30 days, Mexico has experienced 307 earthquakes and 1,729 earthquakes in the past 365 days. Are you aware that 10 out of 12 of the world's largest recorded earthquakes have occurred in our generation? God, read the Bible, God used earthquakes as the number one sign in nature. 
God used earthquakes in the Bible to get the attention of the spiritual hard of hearing. If you're spiritually hard of hearing here this morning, God is sending earthquakes to this planet. And God is sending earthquakes as His way of saying, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm coming back to a midnight generation. 10 o'clock on God's timepiece for the future. We are the first generation which could be called the Armageddon generation. Revelation 16.6 And the demonic spirits gathered all the rulers and their armies to a place with the Hebrew name Armageddon. Revelation 16.6 And the demonic spirits, notice here, they will call all the world together, all the nations of the world, to fight for world supremacy. It'll be the mother of all battles. And nuclear holocaust will strike it as sure as you and I are preaching and speaking and reading from God's word here this morning. The first generation witnessing the Armageddon alignment is our generation. We are the first generation to witness the Holocaust that the Bible predicts. The Bible predicts that in the mother of all battles, the battle of Armageddon, the players, the players will be the kings of the east. Russia, China, Israel, the western powers, the European Union, We are the first generation to see the Armageddon alignment, all of these nations coming together at one time. In our lifetime, the Armageddon players are all in position. 50 years ago, just 50 years ago, for instance, China was retarded economically and, te and technically in warfare. Not today. Not today. We're the first generation witnessing the ability of man to produce a holocaust that is beyond imagination. Atomic bombs can produce a temperature of 150 million degrees Fahrenheit in a nanosecond. Think of it. How are we doing up there in the tech booth? Are you frozen up there? <laughs> Pastor's up here waiting for some pictures and some quotes to come on up. That's another thing we desperately need is a new computer up in the tech booth. An atomic blast can produce a temperature, as I said, of 150 million degrees Fahrenheit in just a nanosecond. Such a small, minuscule portion of time, we cannot even wrap our minds around it. But a one megaton nuclear blast through an atomic bomb is a mere firecracker. Literally, an atomic bomb is a mere firecracker compared to the H-bomb, a hydrogen bomb. An H-bomb creates a great noise, instantly atomizing 
everything, vaporizing everything in a two-mile radius. And eight miles out, everything becomes a raging inferno, a literal hell on earth. Scientists have also perfected something far more lethal than the H-bomb. Does anyone know what it is? The cobalt bomb. The cobalt bomb. It is twice the destructive capacity of the hydrogen bomb. It is the most lethal weapon of mass destruction that we know of. Right now, today, you can go home and turn on the news. And what's all over the news? What are we living in the shadow of? In my lifetime, I have never seen an exchange of words that I'm seeing right now between two nations and a posturing like I've never ever seen. This is straight from the news today. North Korea has said it intends to build a missile capable of striking all parts of the United States with a nuclear bomb and that a missile strike is inevitable. Think of it. It wasn't a lifetime or a generation a hundred years ago. It wasn't in my grandparents' generation. Only in our generation, our lifetime, have we come up with the technological capacity to destroy ourselves. We are the first generation with the power to annihilate ourselves. That's why I say we are a midnight generation. All the prophecies are coming together in our generation. The 11 o'clock hour. We are the generation which has rebirth, witnessed the rebirth of Israel and the regaining of Jerusalem for the first time in over 2,500 years. This is one of the greatest fulfillments of prophecy that you can point to in all of the prophetic uh, that is located within the Word of God. Ezekiel 37 verse 12, O oh my people, I'm going to open up your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Isaiah 66, uh, uh, who has heard or seen anything as strange as this? Uh, for in one day, suddenly, a nation Israel shall be born. In ancient times, it was never ever heard of, of a nation being born in one day. But for those of us that were born before 1948, in our lifetime, we have seen this take place. The nation of Israel born in a day. On May the 15th, 1948, fulfilling the prophecies of more than 2,000 years. And then on June the 7th, 1967, Israel regained control over Jerusalem, the holy city, for the first time in 2000. 500 years. It is the most important prophetic fulfillment in our generation. The 12 o'clock hour. We are the generation witnessing the fulfillment of global evangelism and the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit ever witnessed in all of church history since Jesus Christ. Jesus said this. Look at this prophecy. Matthew 24, verse 14, And the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then the end shall come. And then the end shall come. Despite the church's best efforts, 
We've never been able to proclaim the gospel to every nation, tribe, and dialect until now. Due to advancement in technology, due to satellite technology, due to all the tools that are at our disposal, the Bible has now been translated into 3,850 languages and dialects with 85,000 people accepting Jesus Christ on average every day of the year. Hallelujah. 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 And what's the greatest reason for the explosion in global evangelism? What's the greatest reason that we can point to for the explosion in global evangelism in our generation and time? You can find the answer in Acts chapter 2 verse 17. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our generation has witnessed a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit than any other generation before us. We are not only a last day's generation, we are a generation of the Holy Spirit like no other. Do you realize in Africa that the majority of the Christians in Africa today are spirit-filled, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you recognize the majority of the Christians in South America are charismatic, they're Pentecostal, they're filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you realize the majority of the Christians in Central America are Pentecostal, charismatic, baptized in the Holy Spirit. We are living in a revival of the Holy Spirit's outpouring as never since the days of Acts. Uh, we are a generation of the Holy Spirit. In 1901, January 1st, there was only one documented case of a person being baptized in the Holy Spirit. Today there are more than 500 million Holy Spirit filled believers around the world hallelujah a glorious sign that we are a last days generation a midnight generation what are the odds of these 12 prophecies coming together in just one generation by sheer coincidence the chance is one in 97,500 trillion as prophecy scholars have tabulated it our generation has witnessed more prophetic fulfillment than all the cumulative generations since Jesus. It's our generation, the prophets, and Jesus, and the apostles we're speaking of. We're a midnight generation in God's final countdown, the countdown to eternity. The coming great storm. Jesus said in Matthew 24, For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world, to this time, nor nor shall ever be, and except those days should be shortened, there should be no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Today's signs are God's storm warnings. Storm warnings of the greatest storm of all that will hit planet Earth. What storm am I speaking of? The Great Tribulation. The Great Tribulation. No other prophetic event in the Bible is predicted more than the Great Tribulation save the Second Coming.
The Bible describes the great tribulation as a living hell here on earth as God judges a Christ-rejecting world that has sold its soul to the devil. The great tribulation, a quarter of the planet will die by war, famine, plague. At present figures, that's over two billion people will perish. One third of all vegetation will be burned up. The sun and the moon will be darkened. A physical manifestation of demons will be released from the pit of hell. Water will be turned into blood. Earthquakes will shake the planet so severely. The Bible says that islands will disappear. Uniting the world in rebellion against God will be the first world dictator, the beast, the Antichrist, 666, and he'll force everyone to take his mark. He'll promise the dream of turning the world into a paradise, but he'll become the world's worst nightmare. Pastor, do you really think the Great Tribulation and Antichrist are coming? We never thought Pearl Harbor would happen, but it did. We never thought Columbine, that school mass shooting would happen, but it did. We never thought 9-11. We never comprehended anything like planes driving themselves into the World Trade Center would happen, but it did. The Great Tribulation is going to happen. God has said it. It's on His timetable. We're a midnight generation. Be warned. The storm warnings are before us. Yet the most nightmarish aspect of the Great Tribulation will be the absence of the third person of the Holy Trinity. The present ministry of the Holy Spirit. You see, the church age will be finished. And the general outpouring, wooing, the ministry of the Holy Spirit that we enjoy in service after service will now be gone, finished. And God's word will be fulfilled in Genesis 6-3. My spirit will not always strive with man. Now the passions of hell will be released. A flood tide of evil was so horrific it would make Sodom and Gomorrah wince will sweep the planet during the great tribulation where there had been an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Now there will be an outpouring of hellish fury. Now a baptism of demonic evil. That's why I remind you, my dear Lakeside family. That's why I remind you, young person, mom and dad, grandpa and grand grandma, that the most precious opportunity we have is receiving the ministry, enjoying the ministry, enjoying the person and the presence and the power of God the Holy Spirit. Don't take Him for granted. Invite Him to come into your life. Invite Him to empower you. Invite Him to fill you. Walk in the Spirit. Live in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. And watch what God will do in your life. The Lamb becomes a lion. At the end of the Great Tribulation, mankind's worst fears will become a nightmarish reality. The battle of Armageddon. The forces of the East... A 200 million man army 
will clash with the forces of the West in a fight for world supremacy. Revelation 9.16 says they led an army of 200 million war warriors. I heard an announcement of how many there were. Why did John the Revelator include that? You see, at his time, there was only 200 million people on the planet. Total. But the prophecy given to him, the vision given to him, was of a 200 million man army. He is so startled. He is so shocked. He writes the words, I heard an announcement of how many there were. I did not mishear. China announced in 1997 they can now raise an army of 352 million soldiers meaning they could send 200 million to invade the Middle East and still have 152 million soldiers in reserve to defend the motherland, end quote. But in the twilight zone hour of Armageddon, when it seems that the world is on the verge of self-annihilation, when all seems hopeless and that the devil has won the day, the Bible says in Revelation 19, John said, I saw heaven opened, and I saw him who was astride a white horse. His name is faithful and true. His eyes blazed as coals of fire, and upon his head were many crowns. His clothing was a vesture dipped in blood and on his robe and on his thigh this name was written King of Kings and Lord of Lords Hallelujah the King is coming Pride, pride, pride so consumes the Antichrist that he will even challenge the armies of heaven. And he who sits upon that white stallion thundering through the clouds of heaven. But with just a word, Jesus will cast the Antichrist alive into the lake of fire. The most prophesied event in the future in the entire Bible, is the second coming of Jesus Christ. Think of it. The first time, the first time, Jesus let them mock him, rip out his beard, whip him, and spit in his face, and crucify him. Why? Because he came as our Savior. He came as the Lamb of God. But next time, next time, he's not coming back as some emaciated figure upon a crucifix. He's not coming back as Savior, but as triumphant Lord. Uh -huh. He's not coming back as the Lamb of God. He's coming back as the lion of the tribe of Judah. On that day of days, Pilate, Herod, Nero will bow before him. Hitler, Stalin, Lenin will bow before him. Osama bin Laden, Saddam Hussein, and ISIS will bow down before him. And even old Slewfoot, the devil, will go down on bended knee and bow before him because every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus, Jesus, Jesus Christ is Lord. Hallelujah. What a day that will be. 
the kingdom comes. Revelation 20, then I saw an angel come down from heaven with the key to the bottomless pit and a heavy chain in his hand. He seized the dragon, that old serpent, the devil, Satan, and bound him in chains for a thousand years and threw him into the bottomless pit. Upon his second coming, Jesus will inaugurate his 1,000-year reign upon planet Earth, a period of time known as the millennium. The millennium. We believe it here as a church. We believe that the Lord's prayer will be fully answered at that day, on that time. What's the Lord's prayer? Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The Bible reveals that Jesus will rule the whole planet. The war will be no more. The earth uh, will be restored to a paradise. The sky will be bluer. The grass will be greener. Flowers sweeter. The air fresher. Man will be happier than ever dreamed possible. The purpose of the millennium is to show what our world, our planet, could be like under new management, under new ownership, the lordship of Jesus Christ. If the Lord, if the Lord can do this with a planet, think of what he can do with you. Think of what he can do with your marriage. Uh, think of what he can do with your family. Uh, hey, anybody can walk out on a marriage. Anybody can walk out on their home. But listen, when you turn it over to Jesus, when you turn your marriage, your broken, fragmented family over to Jesus, watch what he will do. Watch what he will restore. Watch the paradise that life can really be when you give it over to Jesus. You see, to experience heaven on earth, you need to make Jesus more than your Savior. You need to make him your Lord and your King. Christian, Christian, for you that believe, for you that believe that you can sin any sin and still be under grace, I remind you, Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. Jesus needs to be more than your Savior. He needs to be Lord over your life. Grace is free, but discipleship will cost you everything. Millennium, paradise, it's coming. That's why I say I believe in a one-world government. I'm looking forward to a one-world government, not ruled by Antichrist, but by Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, and yours too. The great white throne judgment. Revelation 20, verse 12, And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. The great white throne judgment is only, only, only for the unrighteous. Christians will not appear there. If you appear at the great white throne judgment, it's because you're already condemned. And God will open up the books and show you why, why you cannot enjoy heaven and must spend an eternity in hell. God sends no one to hell. 
Hell is a self-chosen state and place. You go to hell because you have chosen to reject God's plan and His love for your life. You have chosen to rebel against His word. God sends no one to hell. The worst part about hell are not the fires, but the aspect and the truth that you will be completely and utterly forgotten. God will erase your memory from your loved ones that are in heaven, or heaven could not be heaven. In hell, you'll never get an email. You'll never get a, a text or a Twitter. You'll never get an invitation or a Christmas card, a birthday card. You'll never hear somebody call your name again. If you spend eternity in hell, there'll be no one to wait up at night and cry for you and pray for you. No one to, 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 to wonder where you are waiting to hear you come in. It will be as though you never ever existed as though you were never born. In the solitary confinement of hell, you'll be eternally and absolutely abandoned and worst of all, totally forgotten forever. Only those, write it down, whose names are written in the book of life will enjoy eternity in heaven. Is your name written in the book of life? Pastor, what will keep a person's name out of the book of life? Sin. But pastor, everybody has sinned. Yes, but the difference is this. On that day, only those who have their sins covered by the precious blood of Jesus will enter in to glory to be with Him forevermore. The terrible tragedy of hell is this. No one ever needed to be there. New heavens and new earth the revelator said in Revelations 21, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now the dwelling of God is with men and he will live with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death <laughs> or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. You see, sin is so horrendous. Sin has infected our planet. It has infected the entire universe. That's why God will make a new heavens and a new earth, and he'll start all over again. The Bible, write it down, begins with man spoiling paradise through sin. The Bible ends with man, hallelujah, having paradise restored through the gift of grace in Jesus. So don't you ever say that the best days are behind you. Listen, the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. A new heavens and a new earth. The greatest prophetic event of all. The greatest prophetic event of all. But pastor, I have followed you throughout this entire presentation. Pastor, I've taken notes. Pastor, are you saying that we're going to have to face the great tribulation? Are you saying that we're going to have to face the Antichrist, 666, and all the horrendous nightmares of hell that you have described? 
Write it down if you would. All the signs that we're witnessing as a midnight generation, a last day's people, should not cause despair to Christ's followers, but the greatest joyful expectation. What do you mean, Pastor? Jesus said in Luke chapter 21, when you see these things begin to happen, look up. Lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Does Jesus mean turn on, put on a white robe and sit on the top of your garage and look up? No, that phrase, look up, that phrase, lift up your heads, speaks of joyful expectation. It speaks of living in expectation like the banners on the wall. You see, before the great tribulation seven year period, before the mark of the beast, before the antichrist, righteous ears will hear what unrighteous ears cannot hear. Righteous eyes will see what unrighteous eyes cannot see. The eastern skies will unzip and Christ will descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up there's the word rapture caught up to be with him forevermore Paul then said therefore encourage one another with these words when is it going to happen? God's rescue plan for his church. Write it down as the rapture. When Jesus takes away both living and dead Christians to heaven, Jesus said no one knows that day or that hour. No one knows when it's going to happen. It might be morning. It might be noon. It might be the nighttime hour. All I know for sure, it's going to be soon. You might be walking in your office. You might be walking on the, in the hallway at home. You might be walking in a classroom at school. You might be walking down the factory floor. One foot will be on terra firma concrete. And before you can put the next foot down, hallelujah, you will be translated. You will be raptured. And that foot will come down on streets of gold. Hallelujah. You are now, you are now, you are now, glory to God, raptured. It'll happen that fast. Not enough time to say, I repent. Not enough time to say, Jesus, I'm sorry for my sins. It'll happen instantly. The Greek word is atomos, in the smallest particle of time. And I declare to you the greatest thing about heaven are not the streets of gold. It's not the mansions or the choir of angels. The greatest thing about heaven is this. <laughs> We're going to see our Savior. We're going to go to our healer. We're going to go to he who's been our provider. We're going to go to him who's the lover of our soul. And on that day of days, we shall behold him. Preparing his entrance.
Lord, we stand here, O oh God, in awe. Lord, not uncertainty, but awe of your plans for this planet. Lord, we don't face tomorrow with despair, confusion, uncertainty. But Lord, we understand and know that you're on the throne. You have everything in control. And all things will be all right. And Lord, what a day that will be when we will no longer walk with you by faith, but face to face. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed here this morning. Christians are praying. I ask you, have you made your rapture reservation? Do you know that you know that you know when the trumpet is blown on that day of days that you'll be caught up to be with Jesus forevermore? Are you in right relationship with Jesus? Do you know that you know you have a home in heaven? I will not embarrass anyone. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. But I'm prepared to pray a prayer. A prayer of salvation. A prayer that will make you right with God. Give you a home in heaven. And make your rapture reservation. Sure. Heads are bowed. Eyes are closed. If you would like to be included in this prayer... We do need to have you exercise your faith. All you need to simply do, what God is looking for, is for you to show your faith, your decision. If you would like to be included in this prayer, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, just lift up your hand right now. Lift up your hand right now. If you want to know that you know you're right with God and on your way to heaven, lift up your hand right now. Thank you. God bless you. 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 How many more? Lift it up high that I can see it. Thank you. God bless you. How many more this morning? Yes, up on the balcony. Thank you. God bless you. I see those hands, but more importantly, He sees those hands. God bless you. Keep that hand lifted up and repeat this prayer after me right now. Are you ready? Everyone repeat it out loud. Dear Jesus, I come to you right now. No excuses. No defense. I confess I'm a sinner. But Jesus, you're my Savior. I believe you paid the price for my sins upon the cross. And I believe you rose from the dead with resurrection life. I want that life, Jesus. A changed life. New life. Jesus, I accept your forgiveness. I receive your grace. And I thank you that you have heard me. You've changed me. You've cleansed me. I'm on my way to heaven. I thank you, Jesus, that I am saved.
In the name of Jesus, I pray this. Amen.